Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Welcome to the following presentation from Learfield IMG College. And thanks for listening to University of Richmond Athletics. It's time to talk University of Richmond basketball. This is Spider Talk with head basketball coach Chris Mooney. Live from Glory Days Grill in the Glen Eagle Shopping Center, 10466 Ridgefield Parkway in the West End. Tonight's show is brought to you by... CarMax, Virginia Birth Father Registry, Glory Days Grill, and Lux Chevrolet. Spider Talk is on the air. Join in online by text at 804-638-9508, by email spidertalk at richmond.edu, or on Twitter using at ESPN Richmond or at Spider Voice. Gilliard from midcourt to Golden at the three-point line. Grant spins down the lane, right-handed one, a handed shot, no good. Got his own offensive rebound, powers his way to the basket, misses the follow, and Tyler Burton slams it back home. A two-hand follow slam by Tyler Burton. That may get the Spiders gone more. It got the Spider bench going, I can tell you that. They almost jumped to the top of this historic gym. Now live, here's the voice of the Spiders, Bob Black, and head coach, Chris Mooney. This is Spider Talk on 99.5 and 1027 ESPN and the Spider Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. That play by Tyler Burton Saturday brought everybody out of their seats at Rose Hill Gymnasium, including the broadcasters. I can tell you that. It was a spark. The Spiders need it. Tyler later had an important steal. He wound up with eight points, nine rebounds, two of three from the field, and that spectacular dunk to spark the Spiders back to that 59-53 victory Saturday in the Bronx over Fordham. We use that as a backdrop to welcome you to Spider Talk with head coach Chris Mooney. Bob Black with you at Glory Days Grill, are we as we are each and every Monday night during the college basketball season. We'd love for you to come on by if you're in the West End. We're just getting going. We'll be here till 6.30 tonight, exactly tonight, because we have a college basketball game on the radio that goes on the air from ESPN Radio at 6.30. They're no nonsense. They won't be joined in progress. We will be out on time today. I can guarantee you that. It's the Duke-Florida State game, which will be a really good game, and you'll hear that after us tonight you smiled there chris when you heard our description at the end of that play-by-play call what were you smiling at the tyler burton dunk or the fact that we described rose hill gym as an historic gymnasium <laughs> well no, i guess they're both accurate so uh very historic very historic. it is a very 95 years yep. of rose hill gym um what did you feel when you saw that play as we said bench erupts guys get emotional uh, how much do you think that was the spark that you guys needed x's and o's aside yeah huge play i mean you know a lot of times when a guy has a follow dunk like that usually the lane has cleared out and there's plenty of space in there but that that was not the case but it was still very crowded uh, he had to go up and avoid a few people to be, to be able to get that ball and then to put it in the basket um, was was even more impressive because it was way over to the right, and he really had to 
moved to get the ball in the basket, kind of threw it in on the slam. Uh, really impressive, and yeah, huge energy play and a and a great play. Grant had gotten the offensive rebound on his miss right before that, uh, and then that was that was really a big play. And uh, you know, Tyler, as I've said, I think is going to be a really really special player, and that was uh, that was uh, you know one of his growing uh, list of of big plays for us. Strategically, now nine down, about three minutes into the second half. What kind of triggered what happened at that point, Chris? And I will speak specifically defensively. You talk about this all the time, that there are going to be nights when the ball just doesn't go in the basket offensively. But defense almost always can show up if you do it right, fundamentally give the right effort. It just seemed like in the second half, not only was it some full court pressure, but I think Greg and I mentioned it two or three times, it seemed like Fordham was starting its offense further and further out in their half court, that our guys were just pushing them further and further toward midcourt. Yeah, for sure. I, I really, uh, you know, one one big thing what we had planned was we wanted to press as, as much as possible, you know, at, you know, every possession if we could and mix up our presses, give them different looks. But the main idea being really steady pressure on the ball handlers and the decision makers. And, um, you know, we just didn't score enough in the first half to really set up our press. Uh, so that that becomes you know becomes more and more challenging. I thought that um, in the second half we scored a little bit more, we were able to press, but also just the rhythm of the game improved, and I, I think that was a big part of it. I think we uh, our our defensive pressure was really good. Uh, I thought um, you know same thing with 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 the ball screens. I thought we were were aggressive there. I don't think we were quite as good as we were against GW, but I thought our ball screen defense was good, uh, and we were able to to push them back. And you know, the some of the some of the shots they made in the first half were contested shots, but I thought really contested in the second half. Uh, and then uh, the biggest thing was we I don't think we gave up uh, maybe just two offensive rebounds on the evening. So uh, our defense did really kind of push us through there. And then when we could score, our pressure was really valuable. You know, I don't know if we created too many turnovers uh but it had them you know they can be very deliberate on offense so it gave them a few uh you know fewer passes in their half court sets maybe a little bit rushed maybe not quite as comfortable because we were able to uh burn some time on the shot clock with with our 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 full court pressure well let me press pause here for a moment philosophically uh how are you with this full court pressure you have never really been a coach who did a whole lot of full court pressing even with our best teams the matchup zone i know has something to do with that but how are you with this full court pressure and activating it as you said potentially from the opening tip to the final buzzer saturday if you had to yeah no i i love uh pressure i i think that um you know this is this team has probably as much depth as, as we've had i think that's uh, one thing that really helps and really uh, can make a big deal about it or can make a big deal of it. We also have some, you know, we have some, you know, Jacobs in, in his own category defensively with the way he can steal the ball and, and just create turnovers out of nowhere. Uh, but we have some really good on-ball defenders and Blake and Andre. Jake Wojcik is, is good. You know, Nick's very opportunistic defender. Um, so we, we have some guys there that, that can really um, – apply pressure and then also when we when we give it a different look maybe maybe deflect a pass or or make it a little bit more challenging or keep the ball out of the primary ball handler's hands uh so i you know i I love to press and hopefully we can we can um apply it more and more I should mention this since we're talking about Blake Francis and Jacob Gilliard. We will be talking with the two of them tonight. They, in fact, just walked in the door, so I know they're here. Jacob Gilliard and Blake Francis will be our special player guests coming up in our middle segments of Spider Talk this evening here at Glory Days Grill. All right, what about the return of Blake Francis to the uh, 
common viewer of the game on Saturday. Chris, it looked like he never missed a beat. Quite frankly, scores the Spiders' first po- five points in the game, finishes with 18 in the contest, four three-pointers. Uh, I know you said you were going to manage his minutes. He'd been averaging 33, and you did drop him down to 32. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Coach's observation yeah. on his return. Uh, he looked great, I thought. Um, I thought he played uh, very well. He played aggressively, uh, which is, you know, I, I wanted to try to keep everything as as typical or normal as possible. Uh, you know, what part, and that's part of the reason I think we started him, to just, just try to make it that this was a game, that he was back, and he had been back, you know, because we had the week off. He was back that week. Mm-hmm. And so it felt for us maybe like it was a little bit longer. And so uh, I think starting just made it made him and everybody feel very normal and um, you know not surprised that he that he played well. I thought he looked really good, and uh, I'm sure a, a great sign of things to come. But yeah, I thought I thought he played well, handled everything really well, and played aggressively, which I was glad to see. He mentioned that the week off with no game really helped him. Obviously, he hadn't been playing before that, but the fact that nobody had to be preparing for a game right. for the first few days there really kind of helped him. It really did. I, I think that uh, when we started, when we looked at that he was going to start getting back to uh, you know the, the routine of playing uh, it was nice to have that because I think he worked out you know I think he worked out Sunday through Wednesday kind of in group workouts or individually um, and then we were able to go into practice so it, again it just it felt like he had been back for a little while uh, by the time we got going I'm, I'm sure it felt like that for him as well. I know you don't want this necessarily, but what does it say that you're able to win a low-scoring game, which we haven't had that many of? I think it's the fewest points we've scored in a win this season, but to get virtually nothing out of Grant Golden and Nick Sherrod offensively, points-wise, I know they did other things, uh, but still to be able to come back and win the game. Yeah, it was great. You know what, we in uh, watching the tape um, uh, Sunday, the first time Grant touched the ball, I think he was quadruple teamed. You know, they were so tight around him, and uh, so they were really paying a lot of attention to him. Uh, and every time we, we threw the ball inside, they really, really tightened things up. And they're a very good defensive team. I think they might have the best numbers or second-best numbers in the A-10 defensively. Um, so, I, I, you know, that was that – was, it's going to be tough. You know, it's, it's – it's, uh, it's harder for a big guy to quote get going because he needs the guys to pass on the ball and if they double team him that's really tough if they have you know give him a lot of attention it's really tough uh but no i think i think it's good it was it was um kind of a grinded out game you know and again they they play extremely uh deliberately and um and their their defense is great i I can't really say enough about their defense so it it was it was good for us you know to go go in the halftime with a deficit uh, to come out to not not panic, uh, we didn't we didn't cut the lead immediately. You know we we played and we were we were kind of building a little bit of a rhythm, and then when we took the lead, it was uh, it felt like we would keep it, and we did. We had talked on the pregame show about the double-edged sword of not playing for a week. That you would think maybe you come out with really fresh legs and get going. On the other hand, it's been a week since you played in game action. Uh, how do you feel that all was a part of the game? And I know Fordham was in the same boat. They hadn't played in a week, right? Game. Well, I, I I do. I, I think some of the um, you know we're we're really built on rhythm and being fluid. And I thought I thought our rhythm wasn't perfect. You know I thought we weren't clicking as 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 well as we normally do or how we'd like to play and again part of that was due to a a a good physical defensive team and part of that was the time off and um and just being a little bit a little bit different and so i thought that improved you know one of the things that uh we're i think we've been really good at is transition and 
when we can get transition, and, and that doesn't, for us, that doesn't just mean a, a three-on-one, <clears throat> but even if we're coming down the court in five-on-five, five, but we're running the ball up the court or off of a deflection or a rebound, uh, that really seems to help us get going uh, and really show, you know, how spread the court is and how, how um, effective our passing is. And so I thought in the second half we had a lot of transition opportunities or we, we kind of forced the issue into a lot of transition opportunities. I think that helps. You almost feel a little more comfortable now. I know the games will come a little bit more rapid fire, but it's kind of a normal rapid right. fire for a college basketball player or coach now, kind of the, the Wednesday, Saturday yeah. routine over and over again. Yeah, for sure. And and I think that, uh, you know, we've talked to our guys, you know, um, embracing routine is, is, is something that, that's really positive and for them and everything that they do. But, uh, but in basketball, it's really good, you know, embracing uh, kind of the things that seem boring or seem um, like details. I think really focusing on those things and improving those things just a little bit at a time every day is, um, is really important for, for good teams to do, and we'll have that opportunity here that down the stretch. All right, as we said, both Jacob Gilliard and Blake Francis are in the house, so we'll take a break, and we'll get them up here at the head table and talk some spider basketball with them. You can text us your questions, 638-9508-804-638-9508. You can email us as well, spidertalk at richmond.edu, and we are on Twitter at spidervoice at ESPN Richmond. It's the Blake and Jake Show coming up next. Spider Talk from Glory Days Grill, 99.5-1027 FM, 9.50 AM ESPN. This is the Spider Sports Network. Ah, the weekend. 48 hours of such pure freedom, we often start dreaming about it on Monday. You know who doesn't care about the weekend? Car dealers. They think nothing of tying up your weekend, haggling, shuffling paperwork, and upselling you on a car you can't afford. It doesn't have to be this way. At CarMax, you can shop for the car you want the way you want, in our stores or on your couch, with pickups in no time or delivery straight to your door in select markets. So when we say, have a good weekend, we really mean it. And that's the way it should be. CarMax. Did you know that men over 30 begin to lose 1% of their testosterone each year? ED is just one of the problems associated with low testosterone. There's also weight gain, decrease in muscle mass, lack of energy or passion about life, and a loss of mental sharpness. Testosterone isn't just about sex. It's also about your overall quality of life. So if you have any of these symptoms, you may be a candidate for testosterone replacement therapy. The Men's Wellness Centers specializes in the latest treatment options for low T, a highly successful weight loss and energy boosting program and ED treatments with guaranteed results with locations in Newport News, Virginia Beach, or Richmond. The Men's Wellness Centers can help you improve your overall health and quality of life with treatments that are proven effective for nearly all patients, regardless of medical history or age. Go to menswellnesscenters.com or call 804-413-9013. 804-413-9013. That's 804-413-9013. This is Mike Golick. Hey, it's Trey Wingo. Join me and Mike every weekday morning starting at 6 for Golick and Wingo on 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. Let's get back to Glory Days Grill in the Glen Eagle Shopping Center for more of Spider Talk. Once again, here's Bob Black with Coach Chris Mooney. Live on 99.5 and 1027 ESPN and the Spider Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Top of the key, Francis. Dribble drive to the basket. Fakes the jumper. Now takes the jumper. The fadeaway. Good by Blake Francis. The Spiders' first points today. Dumb and Blake Francis's return to the lineup. And that's exactly what we're talking about with Blake. Spiders down 590. Say, I got to make something happen. He did one on one and pulled up for that short jumper. 
As we said, it almost felt like he had never left other than the fact that we had missed him for those six games. Blake Francis finished with 18 points. He had the first five points in the game for the Spiders against Fordham Saturday. And then his running mate in the backcourt, Jacob Gilliard, took over in the second half. Jake finished with a game-high 22 between the two of them, 40 of Richmond's 59 points. And Jacob Gilliard and Blake Francis join us on Spider Talk tonight at Glory Days. All right, Blake, I know we talked about it right away on the postgame show at Fordham Saturday, but what was your feeling and your mindset? It looked to us like you never missed a beat. How difficult was it for you, the challenge of missing those six games and coming back seemingly as smoothly as you did? Uh, Just like I said, um, after the game, you know, um, we had that week off, which was good, so it was good for me to prepare that whole week, you know, get back in shape and just get back in the swing of things, which, um, which, which I did really well, so that helped for the game. What were you able to do during that time off, if at all, to keep yourself in any kind of basketball shape, or were you literally starting over once you got the green light from Adam Smith, our athletic trainer? Um, just going through workouts uh, during, the, uh, during the course of the week, you know, doing rehab, doing treatment every day, just um, staying consistent, so stuff like that. So what was your feel in the game? As we mentioned, you got the first five points, you hit some three-pointers. Um, what was kind of your feel in a game that was kind of grinded out, low-scoring kind of game? Um, just going in there and just um, doing what I do, you know, doing what I do to help the team win, you know, playing defense, uh, being aggressive, knocking down open shots, um, just things like that. So, Well, let me get the perspective from your running mate in the backcourt. What did you see out of Blake Francis, Jacob, in, in his return? And were you surprised by any of it, including the fact that he was back on the short end of four to six weeks, right at four weeks? Uh, no, I expect him to be back pretty early. He's a, he's a competitive guy. He wants to be out there. Um, and as far as being on the court, um, he gave us what, what we expected, you know. He comes in, he's really aggressive, um, he made shots when we need him to, and then he's he brings a competitiveness to the team. He's always willing to guard guard their best player, and he does, and it helps us out. Chris, were you getting caught up in any of that in the four- to six-week window that we talked about so much and wondering if it would be closer to four or closer to, to six or any of that? Not not really. Um, you know, I, I've kind of learned over the course of time that, you know, you can't really force any of these issues and, you know, um, it's it's going to be up to it's going to be up to the training staff and it's going to be up to how Blake feels. I think there's a probably a pain tolerance that goes that goes uh, with the the decision and how he feels as he moves forward. So, um, you know, I, I just looked at it kind of the the games and uh, just knew that we'd have to prepare and do as well as we could and make sure that he was supported and 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 felt uh, felt right when he was when it was time to come back. But you know, I I don't know. Uh, you know, those things, are, it was a really unique injury, and so I had no idea what, what anything typical was for somebody to come back from. So I didn't. I tried not to worry about it as much as I could and, and just tried to play, play the games as they come, uh, you know, one at a time. You were nodding your head there, Blake, as Coach was answering that part, particularly about the unique injury part, which is certainly true. And I remember Adam Smith telling us, that, you know, you see that kind of thing in an automobile accident, not in a basketball collision on the court. As much as you'd like to speak to it, what was the pain level like? What was it Saturday, if at all? Um, when I first got hurt, what was the pain like? And then Saturday when you got um, back. Saturday, um, I didn't have any pain, which good. is good. Yep. But um, when I first, when it first happened, it hurt for like the first couple of days. But then over time, it started to um, be less painful and um, just more soreness, just not as much pain anymore. 
What did you do to protect it? In fact, one of our fans came up to me before and actually asked if both of you were going to have some kind of protection because you're diving for balls and people are diving at you and that sort of thing. I don't know where they came up with that. With you, I agree with you, Jake. I know. You try and stay out. You just pick the pocket and go the other way and don't worry about it. But but Blake, he gets right in there and, and there's some collisions. Uh, what are you doing to protect that that sternum now? Um, well, um, Adam has like a pad, a tape pad that I put over um, my chest every game. So um, I'm just going to do that for the next couple of games, see how, how it is, and um, just go from there. Did it restrict you at all? It certainly didn't obviously look like it, but did it? No. no Not I at didn't all. have any problems. You were okay with that. Now, you did take a couple of hits, and I kind of compare this to maybe a quarterback who's just coming back and says, I don't really feel I'm back in the game until I take that first hit. Uh, did that go through your mind at all? There were a couple of plays where you actually had to come to the ball. There were passes that I think would have been intercepted if you hadn't come to the ball, Jacob. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> And you got fouled. I think they called fouls on both of them. Was there any thought process in your head at those moments or not? No, no thought process. Just playing. Just playing. How about from the head coach when you saw that? Anything or not? No, you know, just look for his reaction. And that's kind of what we've been looking at the last week is just if he was wincing when he had to catch the ball or move his arms up and, you know, things like that. But it seems like uh, either he was hiding it or or he wasn't really wincing at all. So it feels like he's that uh, Adam and – and he did such a good job that uh, that he feels pretty good. And, and moving forward, just kind of just focus on, on on the next plays. You're probably tired of talking about it, aren't you? Uh. <laughs> Go ahead, be honest. Yeah. No, that's fine. Let, fine. Let's, talk, let's talk a little basketball. Uh, Jacob, this was a unique game uh, for us. Low scoring, defensive kind of game in the 50s. Um, what happened in the second half? Why was the second half um, as aggressive as it was for, for you guys on the court? Uh, defensively first, perhaps, and then as it turned into points offensively. Um, I think defensively we were just able to get stops. Um, I think they got a, a lot of good looks and made a, a lot of shots in the first half. Um, but I think it was more so that we couldn't score in the first half, which allowed them – or it made every shot they made – seem like it was just that much more important yeah. um so i think with the defense they play they're a good defensive team uh they pack it in and make you make shots um and we didn't in the first half they they threw off threw us off a little bit with their icing the ball screens um so i think once we got adjusted to it and kind of understood what we needed to do um things started to click like they did in the second half uh what did tyler's dunk do for you guys <laughs> uh we were already making a run but it it definitely put us over the top um especially I think that tied the game up. It was a it was a big time putback, but just him crashing in there it brings a lot of energy and and a crowd that wasn't maybe too energetic. Uh, it definitely helped us out. Yeah, Blake. Uh, how about from your standpoint? As tough and competitive a guy as you are, to see a, a guy like Tyler make that kind of play. Yeah, um, those kind of plays um, are like momentum changers. You know, they change the whole aspect of the game. And um, just him making plays like that is big for us. And um, you know, it led us to to spark a run towards the end of the game and um, come out on top. Jake, I thought the next one that he made was equally as important and impressive, and I kind of compared it a little bit to sometimes when you sneak in along the baseline and steal a pass from a defender or an offensive guy who never sees you there, and that was his steal on the baseline. Yeah. And I think he even saved it back to you at midcourt, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. How about um, that play? I think he saved it to me. I ended up kicking it to Blake. Blake kicked it back to me, and I got fouled on the three. On the three. It, was, it was a big-time play. Um, but that's what he does. He, he comes in and provides a spark. Obviously, he can make plays offensively, but he's a, he's a really good defender, too. He's athletic. He makes plays like that, and it definitely helped us out. Blake, how about uh, defensively in the second half? What were you trying to do? And I talked with Coach about the fact it seemed like even when it wasn't the press in the half-court defense, you guys were just pushing them out further and further toward midcourt where they couldn't get into a, a rhythm offensively. Yes, yeah. no. 
Yeah, I think in the first half they were um, a little bit comfortable with the ball, thinking they um they they can do what they want, you know, make comfortable shots. You know, in the second half we just had to take that away from them, and uh, that's what we did. You know, we put more pressure on the ball and um, make them make more decisions off the ball, you know, and stuff like that. So um, I think that's what helped in the second half, just being more uh, aggressive on defense. Do you guys feel like you get into a rhythm? I mean, the two of you together in the backcourt, you know, you played a lot of games before the injury, and now you're doing it again. And as I said, you look at the stat sheet, and there's 40 of the 59 points from you guys. What's kind of the, the chemistry now between the two of you? Um, you know, I think we just feed off each other's games very well. Um, you know, um, I'm more of the aggressive uh, type of player. You know, he's more of the, the more balanced. You know, he's more more passing and scoring. Um which is good for both of us, and I think we just feed off. Uh, we complement each other's games very well. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, uh, we're, we're excited. Uh, we do something good, and, and we get we get pretty hyped up for each other. Um, after I made the big three, Blake was the first one pumping me up. Um, but I just know we we like defense. We take pride in defense. Um, you know, if he gets a big stop or if I get a big stop, we're, we're hyping each other up, stuff like that. Um, so it's not just the offensive end, but – um, we're both really competitive. Obviously, we want to do whatever it takes to win, and so I think we, we definitely complement each other really well. This has been a recurring theme on this show this year when we talk about defense and the change of defensive strategy and philosophy for you guys from last year. Now, I know you didn't play last year, Blake, but you were around it. You know, you were part of all of that. Uh, what was the summertime transition like for you when we went from that matchup defense to the man-to-man? Um. It was a it was it was a pretty big transition, you know. Um, just playing man as a uh, as a team was a big transition for all of us, you know, from day one um, until now. You know, it's um, you know our defense has been a lot better, and um, you know we're just gonna keep learning and keep improving every day on um, things that we can work on and things that we're um, already good at as well. So it's just taking it day by day. You know, we're gonna keep getting better. Was it more of a comfort zone for you? And I know one of the reasons you know coaches pointed out was the attributes that you bring to man-to-man defense gave him kind of the, the comfort to, to make this this move. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think that's what you've said in the past. Uh, more comfortable with it? Yeah, yeah, definitely more comfortable playing man. You know, I've pretty much been playing man defense throughout my whole basketball career, so mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's very comfortable. Like we've talked about it, Jacob, but what about it from your perspective? And obviously it would seem to fit right into what you do defensively, particularly the steals. Um it, it's, it was a little different. Um, I think it was different for everybody because of how much we time or how much time we put into to each little step of the, of the man-to-man defense. Um, I think the overall change from from the matchup to the man wasn't wasn't a huge or huge difference or for anybody. But I think the amount of time and focus we put in on, on to every little aspect of the man-to-man defense in the summer is, is what was hard for everybody. And you have said that, right, Chris, that one of the principles, one of the reasons that you felt good about it was obviously Blake being active and able to be a part of that man-to-man. Yeah, for sure. You know, another guy, you know, Blake is really, uh, he's very competitive and, and uh, especially defensively when he guards the ball, you know, to be able, he really takes pride in it and really digs in and guards the guy. He's quick can do things you know he can take a charge from his own man which is a which is a rare quality uh so i i did think that that would that would really help us i mean uh you know he, he certainly helped us in all those ways and i think the change to man to man had as much to do with us just being a tougher team and a tougher group than it did and um than it did with the strategy you know it was really about our just our physical and and mental aggressiveness as a team um 
I think it had as much to do with that as, as the strategy of playing man-to-man rather than the matchup. The other guy it's really helped, and you guys can comment about this, and you've seen him play defense in practice, and that's Andre Gustafson. I thought, you know, he's really become, Chris, as we've talked about, an elite defensive guy in your man-to-man. Yeah, he, he's really an excellent defender. You know, he, he has um, he has a great mind. Well, he has a tremendous stamina. Uh, he's really hard to screen. He's long. He has incredible feet. Um, you know, he's able to he rarely gets beat you know even though he can put pressure on the pass or try to deny the pass he it's really rare for him to get beat when he's driven against he has great length um yeah he, he's he's really a, a remarkable defender and i think can even get better you know i think some of the things that that we're working on on helping him to improve with that would, would apply to his defense and um you know i think you know Blake really scored a lot of points against him last in his career. Blake has a ton of points against Andre, and I think funny. I don't see that on the stat yeah, right. sheet anyway. Where is that? And so Blake really, you know, just the way his mind works, really takes that personally. Even though he's had by far the greater outcome, really takes it personally. Loves it. Loves to score on him. Andre kind of, you know, um, he doesn't take it as personally, and and not not that one way is right or wrong. But that's the way it has worked out. So I think if Andre can get to that point and, and um, put a little bit of that more in his game, uh, that would help him even even be a, that much better of a defender. Speak to that a little bit, Blake. And you, can, <laughs> you can brag on yourself a little bit to start with, but also what you've seen in kind of that up curve of defense from, from Andre. Oh, yeah, Andre's definitely gotten better on defense. You know, Andre's, um, he has a good size, good size body. You know, he's real physical. And that's what makes him a, a good defender, you know, his ability to stay in front and, um, and able to contest shots and uh, be physical as well uh, has made him a much uh, better uh, defender over uh, was, his time being Was here. that a little bit of your mindset last year when you weren't playing, that you can, you can make a guy better by what you're doing with him in practice? Um, or do you just want to beat him? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just. It, I mean, I'm just being competitive. I'm just, you know, when I get the ball, I'm just trying to, just trying to go at you. So, <laughs> all right, Jacob, what have you seen from Andre? And obviously, uh, he started a lot of games last year. You played alongside him last year, and but a little bit different this year. He seemed much more confident uh, and understanding of his role defensively, particularly. Um, yeah, I think Coach, Coach tells him a lot. He's a good defender, um, and, and he works really. He works really hard at it. Uh, he's going out there and, and competes all the time. Um, like I said, he's a bigger, bigger guard. Um, he's really athletic. Uh, he makes it tough on people. Um, so I think I definitely guarding Blake last year helped him out a lot. Um, I kind of agree with what Coach said. If, if he took it, if he takes it a little more personally, I think it'll make him that much better on the defensive end. But um, I think he knows he's a good defender, and it, it shows. Are you guys trying to instill that in him? I think it's one thing when it comes from the coaches, when it comes from his buddies and his friends. Maybe it's a little different. Uh. You know, uh, I think a lot of that is, like, naturally. Like, some per- some people just take it, it more personally than others. Um, so so we don't we don't say too much. But, you know, he's he's from a different little area. So uh, <laughs> he takes it personally in his own way. Uh, it's just kind of he shows it differently than, than maybe we, we would expect. Hey, you guys are veteran college basketball guys. You, your entire career, obviously, at Richmond and uh, Blake between Wagner and Richmond. What have you seen from Andre and Jake Wojcik, two guys who, as freshmen last year, uh, were thrown to the fire, uh, played a lot of minutes, uh, but it, it felt like it took a little bit to get them acclimated to college basketball. Heck, they're coming on this radio show far different this year than it was last year from those guys. How much have you kind of helped them get out of their shell a little bit here? 
Um, you know, just definitely just – I think just experience in general, you know, them having that year last year uh, really helped, you know, them getting thrown out in the fire early in their career. Uh, it's helped a lot. So um, I think just that in general just benefits them, you know, um, being able to do what they do this year and um, coming in off the bench, you know, um, giving a productive minute. So. Have you seen a difference in them, Jacob? Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing that would make somebody come out of their shell is winning. I mean, obviously, I'm sure they, they want to play more than they do or, or score more than they may. Um, but at the end of the day, they're trying to figure out how they can get on the court and win. Um, nobody really cares about what you do on a, on a losing team. So I think that's definitely played a big role into what, how, they, how they conduct themselves and how they carry themselves throughout the year. All right, great stopping point for us right at the top of the hour. We'll take a break, come back with another segment uh, for Jake and Blake and some more questions for Coach Mooney coming up in the second half hour of Spider Talk. We are live from Glory Days Grill, Glen Eagles Shopping Center in Richmond's West End on 99.5 FM, 9.50 AM ESPN and the Spider Sports Network. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. Visit Glory Days Grill on the West End at Glen Eagles Shopping Center or on the South Side at Harborside Loop. Monday features a $5.99 burger night. Enjoy two tacos on Tuesday for $5.99. Come in for Rib Wednesday at $10.99. Nacho Thursday is a half order of nachos for $5.99. And don't forget Fish Fry Friday at $9.99. Glen Eagles is also featuring the men's basketball spider sports line with head coach Chris Mooney and player guests Mondays at 5.30 during the season. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. For all things spiders, whether you're online, on your phone, or just on the go, it's richmondspiders.com. Scores, stats, standings, it's richmondspiders.com. Video highlights, audio play-by-play, and online ticketing for football and men's basketball, it's richmondspiders.com. Plus, exclusive content you won't get anywhere else, like the Spider Insight Podcast, Spider Voices, and game day info for Robin Stadium and the Robin Center. It's your home for your favorite team. It's richmondspiders.com. Diamonds Direct makes it easy for you to go over the top this Valentine's with an expanded selection of the most romantic gifts and three years zero interest financing on any Valentine's purchase. You know jewelry is the number one gift for Valentine's and Diamonds Direct is the number one destination. Diamond stud earrings, diamond eternity bands, layered necklaces, pendants, bangles, colored gemstones, and a special selection of all new handcrafted jewelry from Unique out of Los Angeles. And if you're popping the question this weekend, check out Diamonds Diamonds Direct's incredible selection of ready-to-wear engagement rings. The perfect diamond in the perfect setting at the perfect price. And now through Saturday on any purchase, you can pay nothing down and get three years zero interest financing. Yes, spread your payments over 36 months with no interest on approved credit. Check out our online gift guide and even shop online if you like. DiamondsDirect.com. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Sure Pump, West Broad Village. Covering our local teams with a local passion. We're dedicated to the most sports talk for true RVA sports fans. 99.5 and 102.7 ESPN. The timeout's over. Time to talk more Richmond basketball. This is Spider Talk with Coach Chris Mooney from Glory Days Grill in the Glen Eagle Shopping Center and live on 99.5 and 102.7 ESPN. This is the Spider Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Grace tips the rebound to KO. Ahead to Gustafson, right wing to Francis. Blake drives baseline, bounce pass to the other corner to Gilliard. Open three, good. Gilliard from Francis. Uh, good find by Blake Francis that time. It's spot up by Gilliard. And a really nice. 
something that the guys were talking about in the last segment, the connection between the two of them. That time it was Blake Francis to Jacob Gilliard. Of course, we've seen it work the other way as well. Blake Francis, Jacob Gilliard, our guest on Spider Talk. We're here till 630 tonight, and we're here each and every Monday night throughout the remainder of the college basketball season with Coach Mooney and our special player guests. Jacob, you made an interesting point in that last segment that, you know, guys don't like to talk about some of their individual accomplishments when you're not having winning seasons. Well, we're having a winning season, and you're getting some individual accomplishments. I know we kind of had Blake squirming a little bit here, talking about him for a few minutes and the injury. I don't know if we've, we certainly haven't had you on this show since you broke the Steels record at Richmond, uh, even in midseason. Yeah. Keep clapping. That's good. Quite the accomplishment as only a junior. Um, what does it kind of mean to you in terms of not only individually, but in knowing that most of these steals, if not all of these steals, are helping your team win games? Um, it, it's pretty cool to me. Uh, it's it's not something that I, I came in expecting to do. Um, I think it makes it that much cooler that, that I get to see GB all the time. Um, <laughs> and then kind of like with my dad having his own steals record, it, it makes it kind of mm-hmm. cool to mess with him about. But um, other than that, it's just it's just kind of a part of the game, and, and it helps us win, or it has been helping us win. So um, that's kind of what I like about it most. It does seem like you're having a little bit of fun with it with, with Greg uh, Beckwith, who held the record for 30-some-odd years before you shattered it and will continue <laughs> to smash it. But it seems like you're having some fun with him, whether it's on the court before a game or in the hotel or – button in front of line in front of him now at the buffet because you're now number one and he's number two. A little bit of fun with that? Uh, yeah, it's definitely fun to mess with him. But, um, you know, it's, it's all just fun and games. It is what it is. Now you got your eye on the assist record too? A little bit. Because <laughs> that's coming next probably. That'll, that'll help. He's a little ways away from that one yet. Um, although I'll tell you what, if you keep having Grant Golden scoring the points he's scoring and Tyler Burton going up for alley-oops, You'll be as good as Beckwith because all Beck ever did was lob it up to the rim, and John Newman used to slam it home. That's how he got most of his assists. So put an asterisk next to his. You've got to work harder, harder for yours. I thought the key there, and Jacob talked about it, Chris, was, yeah, it's great to have that record, but now he's getting that record, and it's helping us win games, the bottom line. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, the steals, as I've said many times, you know, half of them, even though I've seen so many of them, I, I can't even see them coming or anticipate them, you know, just out of the, you know, f- fairly magic. I, I don't even know what to say. And then, um, you know, some of them I can anticipate and see. Uh, and and it's, it's great. It's such an, a unique weapon. Um, and then, you know, so many of them in his whole career have been very timely, you know. Um, and I, I think, though, you know, the thing with Jacob is he can he can get these amazing steals without necessarily always gambling in a part where it's, you know, either a steal or a basket for the other team. Um, you know, again, the, the other team r- rarely sees it coming or has an understanding that it's coming. So just incredibly impressive and, you know, probably as important, I would say, a steal to a basket is, is, is uh, as big of a statistic as you could possibly have, you know, just immediately to – get a basket off of your defenses, uh, it'd probably be hard to beat that stat. Uh, There was one Saturday where we still don't think the guy saw. (laughs) Still knows who came and stole the ball from. I think it is the one where he got the steal on the layup at at the other end, just totally from the blind side on that one. Hey, Jacob, we talked with Blake, and he talked about how important this week off was for him personally to be able to get some individualized training and conditioning and that sort of thing how about for you guys with that full week off Uh, was there an effect Saturday was more of that just hey let's credit Fordham played good defense in that first half before we figured it out or or did that week off kind of you have to shake a little of the rust off a little bit or what 
It, it was probably a combination of a, of a lot of things. Um, the offense had looked a little different with Blake being out, getting him back. Mm -hmm. um, I think we were all kind of wondering what it, what exactly it would look like. Um, and then they they were good defensively. Um, obviously, the time off is, is good at the time, but then when you first get on the court, it's, it's a little different. You feel like you haven't been out there for a while. Um, and then just just going to Fordham kind of in general. Um, I think there's just a lot of factors that may have may have played into it. Um, but it was it was good. We got got to come out there with the win. Yeah, I mean you had been there before, so you know what to expect. But it is a different environment, is it not? Uh, it it definitely is different. Um, this time the crowd is pretty pretty big. Yeah. I mean we had a decent amount of fans there. Mm -hmm. um, they had a, a pretty good amount of fans there, so. It was good, but still, in, in general, um, it's, it's a little different. What did you do uh, week off-wise? I mean, obviously, you're playing, you know, some 40-minute games, some 37, 38-minute games. What did what did you try to do both body rest-wise but also stay basketball shape and sharp? Um, I, I took a couple of days off, but uh, personally, I, I haven't liked how, how, how I had been shooting from three or just in general. So I got, I got in the gym a couple extra times and made sure I got some shots up and hopefully try to get a little rest off. Chris, did you give the guys collectively any advice on how to use those days off, whether to get in the gym or not, or, or individually talk to certain guys about it? Well, just more collectively, we, we had two full days off Sunday and Monday. Uh, I think Blake worked out Sunday um, after, after the, uh, after the um, GW game. Uh, but, and then I, guys were getting in. I think Jacob came in on Monday. But we gave, we gave them off totally. Uh, and really, more than anything, is just mentally to – to reset and focus on the last nine games of the season, um, you know, because it will come in a, in a pattern right now. But really just to kind of step away, even if you get in the gym, you're not, we're not just practicing, we're not just doing scouting reports. You're able to just kind of be in there, uh, go through your routine, get a sweat and get out. And it's, it's, just, it's just a good way to refresh and, and, and get yourself going. You know, we've always kind of really looked at the bye week as really important and critical to that point. Um, so we wanted them to, to mainly just as much as they could uh, not worry about scouting reports and games and just try to get their mind right and their body right as, as we go down the stretch. So going down the stretch, guys, what's the excitement level right now? I mean, 17-6, and 7-3, and three, you're accomplishing some things. I know you're not there yet, but you're right in the middle of this thing and right in the conversation in the upper echelon of the Atlantic 10 uh, with a month to go. What's kind of the feeling and the excitement level, Blake? Um. You know, we're, we're excited where we're at right now, but um, we can't get too high, can't get too low. You know, got to take one game at a time. And um, I think that's just the most important thing, you know, just taking it one game, not looking ahead in future games or anything like that. Just one game at a time and um, trying to win every single game. So, Jake? Um, yeah, I think we're all excited. I think we, we have a chance to, to win the rest of our conference games, and I think uh, everybody in the locker room knows that we have a chance to do that. But um, – we also have a chance to, to lose a good amount of them. I mean, that's just kind of the nature of basketball. Um, so we're excited for the challenge and the opportunity. Uh, but like Blake said, we just need to take it one game at a time. Obviously, Saturday showed that. And so, Strategically, what will the challenge be Wednesday night against the LaSalle team in which, you know, we played a pretty complete game first time around and beat them at the Robin Center other than maybe the turnovers. And I think a lot of those came after the game was pretty much out of, out of reach for LaSalle. And another unique gym that you're about to go into Wednesday, Jacob. I'll let you speak first to that. Yeah, you, you'll get to see the gym. <laughs> Jim is probably being a little bit too kind, but. <laughs> um, I but... grew up in that gym. <laughs> I grew up in that gym. Ah, <laughs> and you turned out great. Yeah. The gym, not so much. <laughs> is that old? <laughs> <laughs> 
wow. Nah, Might be a couple <laughs> extra sprints coming for him tomorrow. <laughs> Doesn't matter if he plays 40 minutes or not. <laughs> so what is the challenge to, to trying to beat a team twice and having to go yeah. on their home court no matter where it is Wednesday night? Yeah, the challenge is trying to beat them twice. Obviously, uh, they, they get the upper hand with getting to make adjustments. Uh, they, they saw what we do. Um, we're kind of trying to figure out what we did well and take it and then just do it again. Um, but I think in that game we got stops early. Uh, we, we started off really good on defense, and then it led to easy buckets on the offensive end. And so hopefully we can come out and do that. Obviously we know it'll be tough. Uh, they're a streaky team. They shoot the ball well. So um, trying to take away threes and stuff like that will help us out a lot. One of the games you didn't play in, right? But you did observe from the bench. Do you have any memories or observations from LaSalle that will help you, Blake, come Wednesday night? Um, yeah, I think uh, the game we played them at our place um, – we played really well defensively. You know, um, we took away a lot of their strengths, um, and I think that's probably the most important thing that we'll have to do um, on Wednesday. You know, it's going to be a road game. It's going to be tough. Any road game is tough. So um, we got to make sure we come in uh, executing on both sides of the ball um, from the from the start of the game. All right, I got one more question. This came from someone in the audience, and your food has arrived, so I'll let you guys uh, go and be able to uh, eat dinner here from Glory Days Grill. So the question was, who wins when you two play one-on-one? <laughs> uh, we don't play a lot of one-on-one. <laughs> I guess we'll make that easy. But we don't play a lot of one-on-one. No, it's more summertime. In the summertime, we'll we'll play one-on-one. It'll be like four of us in the group. We'll, it gets competitive. Yeah, it gets competitive. How'd it go in the summertime? We didn't play. Oh, okay. <laughs> so Blake won. Is that what you're saying? You gotta show up. You gotta show up. We'll come watch. All right, we're going to come watch you a lot more before this season is over, and we're going to enjoy doing it. Blake Francis, Jacob Yoyer, thanks, fellas. Thanks. All right, we'll take a break. Some questions coming up from the audience and uh, texts and tweets, emails for Coach Mooney straight ahead as Spider Talk continues on 99.5, 1027 FM, 950 AM. You're home of the Spiders, ESPN. Do you suspect that a woman could be pregnant with your child right now? If you aren't married to the child's mother, your rights as a father could be at risk. By registering with the Virginia Birth Father Registry before or within 10 days of your child's birth, you can help prevent your future child from being adopted without your knowledge, or you can explore options to co-parent or assume sole custody. For more information, visit vabirthfatherregistry.com. That's vabirthfatherregistry.com. You know their names. You know their uniform numbers. You probably even know their stats. Now get to know them. Richmond student-athletes tell their remarkable stories in their own words. It's Spider Voices. Check it out at richmondspiders.com and on Spider social media. This week, crime solvers need your help to solve a grand larceny. On January 24th at about 7 p.m., two male suspects stole approximately $1,300 worth of cigarettes from the Walgreens at 3201 Boulevard in Colonial Heights. Sometime after entering the store, one suspect distracted the clerk, while the other suspect went behind the counter and took a box full of cigarettes. The first suspect is described as a black male with a slender build. He was wearing a plaid or striped long-sleeve shirt and a red hat. The second suspect is a black male with facial hair, wearing a red t-shirt. The suspects were last seen leaving the area in a silver van. To see photos of the suspects, visit our Facebook page or our website at crimesolvers.net and hit the Crime of the Week button. If you can help solve this crime or have any information about any unsolved crime and or warranted person in Chesterfield County or Colonial Heights, call Crime Solvers at 748-0660 or use the P3 Tips mobile app. We guarantee you remain anonymous and you could receive a cash reward of up to $1,000. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Crime Solvers CCH, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. I'm Police Specialist Ron Coombs with the Chesterfield County Colonial Heights Crime Solvers Program, and this has been your Crime of the Week. Take the time to solve the crime. This is Reality Radio.
It's Black History Month and the first slaves arrived in Virginia in 1619 and became the economic engine that enabled Virginia to grow and prosper. Today, blacks are 20% of the state population and close to 50% of Richmond, Norfolk, Portsmouth, and Danville. Right now, the Virginia General Assembly and the governor are in the process of legalizing casino gambling, which will directly impact the black community. While billions of dollars of value will be created by this legislation, there is no discussion about African American participation in jobs, management, construction, service contracts, or investment opportunities. However, Indian tribes and out-of-state billionaires are currently under consideration for inclusion. Our community deserves access to the economic opportunities created by casinos. Email or call your state legislators and the governor's office to say that black economic inclusion in casinos matters. Sponsored by Urban One. Buy your next SUV from Luck. Did you know that there are six different SUVs to choose from at Lux Chevrolet? From the economical tracks to the people-hauling Suburban, Luck has an SUV to fit your needs, including the return of the all-new Blazer with six different trim levels for true personalization. See all the models online at LuxChevrolet.com. Call 798-9261 for details. Then go to Lux Chevrolet for a test drive. Lux Chevrolet since 1916. WXGI Richmond, WTPS Petersburg, 99.5 and 102.7 ESPN. This is Spider Talk with head basketball coach Chris Mooney. Live from Glory Days Grill in the Glen Eagle Shopping Center on 99.5 and 102.7 ESPN. Hi, welcome back to Spider Talk. Bob Black with head coach Chris Moody. Again, thanks to Blake Francis and Jacob Gilliard, our special player guests here at Glory Days. This evening, Spider's back in action Wednesday night, 7 o'clock at LaSalle. Our airtime at 6.30 here on ESPN Radio, and it's also on ESPN+. Plus, we will uh, take some questions here in the last uh, 10 minutes or so. I've already got people asking if they need to keep an eye on the clock for me so that we get out on time tonight. Uh, just like the coach would keep his eye on the clock at the end of a game. And that, that actually transitions into one of the questions that I had, not so much about clock and end of game, but the question came up before you got here tonight, Chris, about when you are using and not using your timeouts and how you feel about if another team goes on a run, how much you just want your guys to get out of it on their own, and when your gut says, we do got to take a timeout here. Yeah, well, it, it uh, obviously depends on on uh, in the first half or second half. You know, you get one one timeout. Well, you get four timeouts. You have to use one at the in the first half, or you lose it. You don't have to use it, but if you don't use it, you lose it. Um, you know, sometimes I feel like I, I think you know a six zero run is is kind of when I watch basketball seems to be the time that a lot of coaches call timeout. Um, you know, we've probably gone beyond that sometimes. I know, you know, this year we were at Mason. Uh, I think they went on a run to go up 21-11, and we didn't call timeout. I think we scored like the next nine points or so. So, you know, um, you know, a lot, a lot of those things is uh, when you're. I, I, I learned from Jim Miller and, and kind of his uh, feedback a lot. When you're focusing on one thing or two things, it's really easy to look back and and and. Uh, not not just be critical, but just to prove how how your your hypothesis would work. Uh, when you're worried about all the things, it's a little bit it's a little bit different. But um, 
you know, I I, pref- I don't love to just call timeouts uh, because I do think there is a, um, you know, there's something to be said for being able to get out of the the trouble. And so, uh, but of course, you have to call timeouts to get on a run. You know, and and generally, we like to call timeouts when we when we're going to go on defense. So after we make a shot or something, we're on defense, and and more because we've we've had all these good guards. So that that's a little bit of. Uh, easier for, for us to be on offense and then on defense probably to make substitutions whether we're going to you know do something where we're going to switch you know switch everybody and we'll usually make a substitution when we do that so I would say that generally now this is you know this could change and we could call timeout 10 seconds into the game tomorrow <laughs> but we're on Wednesday uh, but generally uh, I, I like to make sure that that our guys can get can can see their way out of it not to totally abandon them or anything like that but sometimes it's good to, it's good for our guys to see their way out of it and then you know you really do want to have as many timeouts as you can toward the end because that those those become incredibly critical uh, more so than a timeout in the in the middle of a half a couple of points there um you know we have seen coaches that you know literally 45 seconds out of the halftime yeah um they're calling timeouts because maybe a team does hit back to back threes sure. there's your 6-0 run yeah. can you ever remember how quickly you've you've caught was there anything that popped into your i'm trying to think back and i really can't remember that type of i'm going to make a statement here and call a timeout 38 seconds into the second half or something. yeah and i don't i don't, I don't that hasn't really been no, how so. how how i've how i've looked at it and again that that's not necessarily right or wrong but i i do feel like you have to play your way out of those you know what i can remember uh we played st joe's we went in up uh in philadelphia we were up maybe 10 going into half they came out and pressed which they rarely did i think they went a four or one run and we called timeout and um i believe that was that's the earliest i can remember really calling timeouts Uh, now here's the other one i kind of meant to ask this while jacob was at the table saturday a little bit of a different scenario but i seem to remember that grant got caught in the corner yeah. And double team and Jacob actually called the timeout and I don't know if you would have rather he just Grant gotten out of that on his own, but it looked like Jacob had a pretty good angle that said, you know what, he's not getting out of this one. Yeah, exactly. Jacob was right on the sideline right as Grant was kind yep. of going toward the corner and uh uh in a double team. Uh and at that the coach can't call timeout um at that part of the game. We can only call timeout we can only call timeout in the last minute. Hmm. On a live ball, okay, on a, right? Okay. So if yep. a basket goes in, or if it's a foul shot, the coach can call timeout. Uh, but when the ball's live, a coach can't. And um, again, I, I would trust Jacob's instincts over anybody. So I think it was probably the right thing. You know, just as as you called it, uh, Andre had was cutting in toward the basket, and I don't know if Grant would have seen him or not. But uh, good that we had the timeout yes. to call. But. And he was in a pretty tough predicament. He was. was right, he really was. right in front of us yeah, pretty exactly. much. And we saw Jacob call for, for the yeah. timeout. I looked right over at you and you were like, ah. Yeah, no, you no. must have seen Andre well, cut. I saw Andre yeah. cut. But again, yeah. that, that's uh, Jacob <laughs> has <laughs> great instincts. Yeah. Coach, coach on the court. Yeah. All right. Hey, I'm glad you brought up Jim Miller because uh, this question, I'm going to give you the Jim Miller answer to this and then you can answer okay. it. Uh, do you feel our defense has improved to deal with runs and spurts by the other team? And you know what Jim Miller's answer to spurts and runs always used to be? What's that? It had nothing to do with defense. It was, if you're on a 10-0 run against you, score points. Score points, and then you won't be on an 0 run. But Jim Miller aside, Coach, do you feel our defense has improved to deal with runs and spurts of the other team? Um, That that, that possibly could be true. Uh, um, 
you know, uh, that, that, that could possibly be true, Bob. I, I thought, you know, one of the um, – uh, one of the things that that the matchup enabled us to do was we we could um, make a lot of adjustments within it, term, you know, based on what cutter we were following, what we were switching, how we were pre-switching. Um, so I think we could give a different look. We could give say multiple looks on a team running a particular play, mm-hmm. and um, you know that was always we we felt like a strength because we could, uh, you know, generally they they would they would con- they would come up with a a few specific plays to run against us. And then if we could change how we were guarding it, then that really kind of set them on something because they weren't just playing. They were running a play. Uh, however, I, I think that uh, I think just being better overall defensively and more dialed in has probably helped us. And our depth, I think, has, has really helped us because, um, you know, I, I would say, you know, Jacob's playing a ton of minutes. But I'd say other than him, I think guys are playing – fewer minutes during the course of the game and we're building those trying to build those rests around media timeouts and and stoppages so i i do think that has really helped us in a big way all right let's finish this up with a little bit of fun we were talking before we came on the air we got back in time saturday night to watch the end of the duke carolina game you're a college basketball fan i'm a college basketball fan uh what did you think of that and can you translate that from being a fan to being a coach and take that to your guys as a teaching moment and say Hey, keep playing this game yeah. to the final buzzer. You're never – maybe they already knew that, but to, to yeah. see Duke and Carolina do that is another thing. Yeah, really amazing finish. You, you know, earlier in the year, um, Carolina was up three and did not foul Clemson. Um, and Clemson made a three to send it to overtime, and then Clemson beat Carolina for the first time at Chapel Hill ever. And, uh, you know, I watched uh, Coach Williams' press conference afterwards, and he was really – he was really down and, and hard on himself because he didn't remind the guys that they foul when they're up three. And so this is a good example uh, of, you know, not everything works every time. Although I'll say in retrospect, everything always works. <laughs> but not everything works every time. This time they did foul uh, and they they lost the game. So, you know, it was a perfect miss uh, on, the, on the free throw. So he made his first free throw. They subbed in the best rebounders. And he missed the second free throw so well he got it back and was able to score a basket to send it to overtime. Uh, so they, so Carolina, which you know they only lose about three or four games a year usually, uh, has lost two games. One time they didn't foul, one time they did foul. So you can win or lose, and uh, a lot of times it's just a ball. If the ball rolls in, you know it's good. If the ball rolls out, it's not good. Amazing game, yeah. uh, and really <laughs> the second best rivalry in college basketball. Second only to Richmond VCU, which I hear is being played this week. So what about those LaSalle Explorers, Chris? <laughs> How tough is it? I'm not, gonna, I'm not going there. I know. One game at a time, all of that. Um, how tough is it to beat a team the second time and go on their home court to go do it? Well, I've always – you and I have talked. Yeah. I've always felt that you have an advantage if you've, if you've lost the first game because, you're, you're, you know, if you've won, you just – there's a, a natural re, a tendency to say let's do everything the same and then we'll have the same – outcome and if you've lost there there are you're willing to change everything and so uh you know LaSalle played very well beat St. Joe's over the weekend and uh lost to Duquesne by two in the game before that so they they've played really really well um you know they they I think a lot of the things I read from from Ashley are you know about a street fight and being tough uh and that's not the way we generally talk about it and so we, we talk to our guys we need to be tough enough so that our 
basketball, our decision making mm-hmm. and our our skill level can show up. But first, you have to be tough enough. And um, you know, we defended really well the first time. Uh, we scored inside out really well the first time. Uh, so you know, of course, we want to do those same things. But really, the most important thing is defending. You know, making sure we're on the guys who provide them points early. Uh, so that we can get off to a good start and hopefully set a good tone. Can we just play this game in the Palestra instead of Tom Gola Arena? You know, so Tom Gola Arena, so uh, my poor Philadelphia gymnasiums, Bob. Uh, <laughs> Come on, I'm a called, Philly guy too, but I have yeah. no love for Tom Gola Arena. Come yeah, on. used to be called Heyman Hall, right, on the third floor. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I grew up, we, we played a lot, of, a lot of pickup games, worked camps, went to camp down there, so... There's a soft spot in my heart for you. You can be nostalgic yeah. Wednesday night. I don't know if the rest of us will or not. All right, Coach, thanks. We'll see you in Philly. Thanks very much, Bob. Appreciate Spider it. Spider head coach, Chris Moody. Thanks again. Blake Francis, Jacob Gilliard, our special player guest, Mitchell Bradley on location. Matt Joseph's producing back in our studio. Stay tuned. We do have college basketball coming up next in all seriousness. Florida State and Duke is the national game tonight, and you'll hear it here on ESPN Richmond. With Coach Chris Mooney, live from Glory Days Grill in the Glen Eagle Shopping Center, 10466 Ridgefield Parkway. Tonight's show has been brought to you by CarMax, Virginia Birth Father Registry, Glory Days Grill, and Lux Chevrolet. Join us Monday nights from 530 to 630 throughout the college basketball season for Spider Talk, a live presentation of the Spider IMG Sports Network and your home of the Spiders, ESPN Richmond. Basketball news, insights, scores, and analysis. This is the College Hoops pregame show on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Now, here's Pat O'Keefe. Tonight, we've got a top 10 battle in the ACC in one of the cathedrals of college basketball. Cameron Indoor Stadium, the site of number 7 Duke and number 8 Florida State. Four weeks to go in the ACC regular season, and these two teams are in a flat-footed tie for second place, both trailing front-running Louisville by a game and a half. The Blue Devils and the Seminoles come into tonight with identical 20-3 records and identical 10-2 marks in conference play. Putting even more on tonight's matchup, this will be their only meeting of the regular season, although they are plenty familiar with one another, having met in last year's ACC Tournament Championship in Charlotte, which was a 73-63 Duke win. Identical records, yes, but how they got there over this past weekend, completely different. For the Seminoles, a workmanlike, somewhat routine 99-81 win in Tallahassee over Miami, marking their third straight victory and pushing their record to 13-1 since December.